Well, hello again. Welcome back to Black O'Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Foundation. This is episode six of season one, Death and the Maiden, directed by Jennifer Fang, written by Marcus Gardley. I gave this episode a 9.8 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. I've been looking forward to Tania Miller showing up and she did not disappoint. Became <laughs> the Empire side of the story continues to be the most titillating but we had some understanding comprehension just a little bit more on terminus which made that story arc a lot more excitable this week i realized i've been comparing this show to westworld because i very much often feel like i did during the first season of said hbo premiere this is a show that requires multiple watchings or watchings, multiple viewings. I will enjoy going back once the surprises unfold since Goyer has stated basically stop thinking Salver is Gail's child because while it's understandable, it may not be true. At least that's how I broke down his, uh, some of his commentary and recent interviews. My brain is relearning new ways to process information in this storytelling format as well. And while I'm still thoroughly, thoroughly engaged, I'm fucking done theorizing. (laughs) I'm going down rabbit holes that only leave me more befuddled. I also think this is the kind of show you can fully judge or you can't fully judge until after the curtain is closed, which makes me even more happy we are getting a season two. I also think that Asimov fans are sprouting hemorrhoids at this adaptation, or I know that they are, and I can't help but evilly cackle these niggas crazy as fuck i love when people think they know what the author was thinking more than the people that were closest or closer to said author they really act like his seed is not involved in this adaptation (laughs) making some very presumptuous comments in regards to his opinion on the matter it's ridiculous Let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Gail narrates that as a child, the people of Synax view Trantor as a city at the heart of a false prophet, showing there are religions within said empire that already shun the deities of Trantor, or the clone gods as I like to call them. She didn't believe the stories until she met the man himself who believes he is above the sleeper's words. Said man... Uh, day wakes from a hypersleep rather startled by the spacers and it's here you remember this is his first step outside his goldilocks cage and it becomes even more clear how much individuality they actually don't possess and i think that that is a very intriguing thing i know i've said intriguing already i need to find other synonyms (laughs) But it is very, very fascinating to watch 
unfold especially as it seems to be occurring at the very same time and the catalyst of all of that is harry selden and his prophecies in that particular action and it has caused a rippling effect all the way down to the youngest that is born because they are born in a setting that for once is actually being contested in any true threatening way and then you wonder are they capable of possessing this individuality and we're already seeing that unfold in cleon the 14th or at least he's answering that question but what doth it mean for now and the next thousand or so years i'm guessing that the empire is going to be still hanging on by a thread you know the empires they fall but it still is a bit of a <laughs> you know they're not just gonna all of a sudden go away into obscurity things are going to happen and i'm very curious on how it develops lee pay soaking wet in front of a mirror and only a thin piece of cloth It took me 10 times to actually hear what the fuck Gail was talking about. Oh yeah, a man who never knew doubt. Until now, until he had his run-in with Harry Selden. Then he turned and went by the window. I'm like, oh good God, man. Hey, how you doing, love mama? Let me whisper in your ear. Tell you something that you might like to hear. Got a success, buddy. My loins was not prepared to be attacked in such a fashion. And you know my greedy ass went on to Tumblr to find the my people basically that totally slowed down that whole damn scene i regifted a few times <laughs> or re, what do you call it reblogged it regifted i reblogged the gif they arrive on the planet he goes to see demrazel who is doing maintenance work and ingrained he sits in the same position he would as a child with her remarking upon it then upon him asking if he is well he does not consider the spacers human and he wonders what space-time folding feels like and since she was awake he's like i got 21 questions well it's not something humans can handle she responds which reminds of reminds us of gail's awakening and just because she's a robot doesn't mean she has the capacity to satisfy <laughs> my curiosity into noun like detail i loved her sass in that moment while he eats she quizzes him on the religion she provides him with her leviathan crystal filled with salt that symbolizes the journey of the goddesses maiden mother and crone the only habitable moon is maiden but there was a split of three i did not catch every detail and i'm greedily gonna go to the podcast for the show to get as much as i can but i was more interpreting how demerzel would feel about this type of like why does she subscribe to this particular religion i think there was a maternal connection to the clones or she feels a maternal connection to the clones i think and i hemmed on the i think part only only because of something 
that Day says a little bit later. And even as I just throw the caveat in there, I do think that she has a very sisterly, lovingly, motherly feeling towards them. But I think Cleon the first, she had a more, I don't know, it felt like there was more romantic feeling between the two. I could be wrong. But then what does that mean for the last stage of completion for her life? She definitely lovingly put it on and gestured a prayer which catches Day's attention. He wonders not why, but how she believes. She explains unlike him and his brothers, everyone else has to find their purpose. He assumes it would be to serve the Empire above all others as it was written into her code. It almost signifies an absence of true choice. She explains it's the process of seeking that enlightens and that she understands that split and desire to be whole again, explaining the poetic belief of the religion once again surprising day with the strength of her conviction. Because he himself does not desire religion or believe in it, he himself cannot understand its sway so he underestimates and not intellectually but emotionally the pull of what the truth of this religion was before maybe some may feel it was corrupted by said empire and in wake of the tragedy of the star bridge and the continued suffering there Like he wasn't able to put a band-aid on it and fix it up and make it all better again. It only leaves him open for the wounds that were inflicted on him this episode that I very happily watched unfold. (laughs) He asked about Halima who was born into the faith and after calamity became a savior spearheading the recovery effort. However, she's only been a Zephyr a year which makes him feel she's easy prey. You're going to learn today. I love this because I feel as if Day, this episode, got a taste of the real world. And he wasn't prepared for how it was going to serve him up on a dish. That's why kings always stayed on the good side of the Pope unless you were Henry VIII. (laughs) And did a whole Protestant Reformation caused a split in his own country that still is playing out to this very day but be that as it may Demerzel plans to stay aboard the ship but Empire declines telling her she's his only real insight into the luminous and boy was she an insight despite her warning that her belief in the faith is a disadvantage to him he said don't be ridiculous what is the five fingers say to the face <laughs> what the show continues to impress with the beautiful cinematography he thought he was going to be greeted by masses of people when it's his nemesis herself welcome to the rice fields motherfucker i laughed so freaking hard (laughs) first and foremost tania miller you look gorgeous i love everything that you're doing i bow before you queen 
she apparently petitioned the bar to greet him alone seeing as this is a somber occasion making the big shindig he expected something too boastful for the occasion he said of course she then offers him a drink from a cup she herself drinks from and there is the water from the mother of the womb the salt can draw out impure intentions which is what the cup is made of from the recipient Demerzel explains that the empire cannot drink just anyone's random shit but apparently he can later on and he wanted to throw that in her face they can regret the day he was born he told her his impurities they'll remain hidden and she says something tell me tells me that's how you prefer it namaste Some of the lines in this episode were really good he said what's the word i'm looking for worthy that will do she doesn't think she was trying or demerzel poses that she doesn't think that she was trying to poison empire but the fact that she managed to herself greet him as if he were her guest is a problem back on terminus they find the commander in the crash some of the or quite a few of bear's men in her second in command i don't know what his name is apparently he's going to be useful in town many more are dead and you see the army simply executing people an explosion sends polly knocked temporarily unconscious but he is saved by gia the friends reunite don't know where akira is hopefully he he's not dead but i didn't see him anywhere (laughs) farah straps the still unconscious salver to a chair while she and her second discuss the plan which is to commandeer a ship called the invictus the purpose of the manifest was to narrow down people the foundation that would help repair the mystery ship salver is alive only to neutralize the vault which is an unknown issue she orders her corvettes brought to her and tells everyone that she has taken a few to repair a starship by everyone i mean the rest of the people in the foundation that is much bigger than the tiny jumper that they destroyed that got here she tells them they can go back to normal once uh she gets what she wants and has the programming of the fence changed to keep them in prison each episode i have a tendency to hate fair a little bit more (laughs) which means she's doing her job i rather appreciate the fact that she is not a good person she's not in this to make friends she has an objective and she will do whatever it takes to get to said objective a lot of people are like oh she's got a sweet spot for salvor i was happy in this episode when she said kill her because no she doesn't have a sweet spot for her she's just intrigued by a worthy opponent she knows this is a problem but also it's someone she needs for the current moment because she has a connection to something that she felt is an ominous threat and her people are on this planet until they do what they need to do my thing is i think if they take that ship they're gonna just keep this place as the base of operations i wouldn't believe a fucking word you said 
you just massacred all my people and you're shooting loved ones to get others into compliance and you keep bitchily acting as if <laughs> you're giving everyone orders that are not against everything that they would want to maybe stand up for Gia turned gangster with a pipe on that guard oh yeah you gotta get swifty you gotta get swifty in here that was some repressed rage she's seen too much back on tranter young dawn is feeling the initial stages of crushing so hard you can't stand it he goes to the gardener apologize for the way he talked to her and he enjoys the symmetry in her company a plant will grow in the direction of light won't it he intends to grow in the direction of her dust is testy that he was summoned and day showed up late when his what do you want to call him his manservant comes and retrieves him i don't want to hang out with you today grandpa i've got hormones they go hunting something they is supposed to indoctrinate him into women too i suspect all of the fill things that your uncle should totally your non-uncle should totally watch you achieve just so weird he feels like he's testing him though saying he should exercise his rare independence i think he wants him to step out of line so that he got the proof he needs i don't know what the fuck is going on here but as i stated earlier i'm just going with the flow i'm on the roller coaster i'm not trying to dissect it too hard because my brain will hurt they challenge each other to a hunt off salver wakes being dragged through the geothermal tunnels they hip her to what farah is after and informs the audience the invictus or she informs the audience that the invictus is a destroyer ship that disappeared a planet killer they link up with dad hugo and a few others hugo and sauber take the time to uh indulge in some kissing Abbott said this is not the time for pillow talk because you all up in her ear like that i don't know what you're saying but uh we got problems we're locked out of the fence she wants to get to the corvettes he wants to save the foundation she's like look i'm in charge and he's like yes ma'am <laughs> Farrah cannot secede as she believes it's the first crisis and thinks harry put her here for this reason but we know that harry can't or at least cycle history can't predict an individual's actions so i'm not sure where she is getting this firm like i feel as if she became a religious believer of harry selden and i think it's because people have been telling her that and her lesson for this season should be to believe in your own willpower and skill but why is she interacting with the vault she doesn't believe that she's special people tell her she's special there's something they're trying to say with it i just don't have it yet on maiden empire is upset he was greeted by a heretic by one of the inside guys in the religion that doesn't seem that religious <laughs> not many men in this order anyway one of those the eunuchs 
but is assured that Zephyr Gallet offers a better welcome, which he did. Gillette, is it Gallet? Gallet, Gillette is in the lead, but it won't take too much to tip the scales. Hint, hint, wink, wink. It is suggested he make a grand gesture of patronage if his pick is chosen. So drinking from Gillette's I know it's not Gillette, it's Galat. <laughs> Drinking from Galat Salt Cup. He announces that he's gonna put a new water system uh, around the around the maiden if uh Galat is elected, basically. Unable to not arrogantly smile at Halima, knowing this is this is big. Everyone's liking this. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Dad, Hugo, and Salver are walking to where the Carvettes are at. Dad is struggling, pointing out he grew up on Tranter, which made him soft. She points out he never talks about any details about Tranter, and he didn't think it was necessary to talk about his life there. But it turns out he grew up in a rather privileged lifestyle. His parents worked on the Star Bridge. And they used to watch shows of water. I don't know. Just sounds like a lot of fun. But he knew that it was built on lies and deception. That trillions of people were suffering for the glitz of a very few. While he wasn't a Harry Seldon believer, he loved her mother and he really wanted to get in her pants. So because she believed, he decided to join the foundation with her and has no regrets as it gave him her. He tries to volunteer for the mission to blow up San Corvettes, but she tells him he is too fat, too old, and his eyesight is for shit. It's like, you are definitely your mother's daughter. Back on Trantor, Day panics that he beat Dust's record of killing six instead of three. So he demands his manservant hide the others. Dawn then gives him his first taste of alcohol and lets him visit his first whorehouse all things one should do with their paternal figures this is a palace garden where he can live out his resentments his anger his whatever because these women's minds are wiped clean the memories belong to the empire not the woman wow that's really fucked up he desires day something real so he declines sleeping with the look-alike of his gardener girlfriend but does talk which is unfortunate as dust brings the girl to him and requires her to tell him everything he said before he plans to wipe her mind why do i feel like this is turning into some conspiracy from inside as the thing about empire that is very not very lingered upon is that he's predictable if you're paying enough attention you can understand the man and you've got a lot of time to understand that person and it's really freaking me out about the shadow master because who does he really work for i said i was no longer going to be theorizing salver is almost in position when she gets a mind slip seizure leaving her exposed so abbas goes for the corvette while hugo retrieves her she seems to be in gail's body and this was the exciting part of the terminus story arc this week because we finally get to see 
one unfolded uh, in those precious moments before harry was stabbed on the floor and everything went to shit harry tells Rache he has to kill him because he needs to leave the ship Rache tells him he'll fix it but he combats that everything collapses if he stays with her gail do you trust the math i hate the math do you trust me i wish i never met you hello darkness my old friend i've come to talk with you again because a vision softly creeping you know that mean you know that black man that looks kind of like danny glover just going like uh, that was me the actions of one individual with the fate of the galaxy he tells them the chiropod is for him so this was sprung on him wasn't thoroughly planned out so what was up with that scene at dinner or at you know when that got weird and uncomfortable and he was taking that pill he tells him not to say goodbye as she can't be implicated in this i just don't know what went wrong hugo saves salver waking her up from this dreamscape but they are spotted and the shootout begins they make it back up to the high ground and i have to say they make quite an impressive duo and she is a badass with those marksman skills he tells her to commit to the plan abyss and the foundation open her fists and let the wind in she realizes what he's about to do because he can't quite make it to the corvettes she is able to allow him time for his heroic death as she takes out the one man who was about to kill him a grown-ass woman calling dad daddy will always choke me the fuck up and the acting came through from salvor on transfer dawn invites the gardener is her name sophie i keep calling her the gardener up to the highest peak testing her by removing his protection and giving it to her he tells her his secret that he is colorblind i didn't think that was too big a secret but she tells him he could kill her but instead he kisses her and i can only think salver just lost her dad fuck off team romance oh shit the never aging shadow master finds the discarded animals then disappears back on terminus salver is doubting herself knowing her actions are spearheading things that have led to several tragedies she soon is going to find out i suspect that harry had a lot of good intentions but he cannot in fact predict the actions of one individual that was very misleading i'm not sure what that means once again i can't wait to jump into the hbo podcast after my (laughs) recording he thinks her actions will help the foundation but she thinks she keeps failing and no longer cares about anything besides revenge seeing as hugo's ship is the last one off planet they need to get to it first on maiden galette is once again displaying the bribe (laughs) upon her election at opal proxima's funeral gelat was saying stop saying gelat i can't help myself it's just the way it's spelled was saying something and then halima stepped onto the stage 
I didn't even write half of the speech down because I was too busy being starry-eyed and in awe. That speech, though, I was shooketh. I was able to catch a few memorable lines. The greatest failure to humanity, the greatest failure to the mother, is stagnation. R-E-S-P-C-T, find out what it means to me. R-E-S-P-C-T, take out T-C-T. I know they had to be going through some PTSD in this moment because it almost felt as if Harry Seldon's prophecies were ever more <laughs> expounded in this moment with Halima's speech. The soul is bound to a single immutable body. The way Demerzel was swaying the entire time, tearing up, basically yes, queening everything she was saying, talking about evolution and how our souls move or go on. She felt herself being caught up too. She was swaying with everyone else. And then she looked at the Empire and said, oh my gosh lee pace face o m g oh don't do it yeah yeah oh my god how could this happen to me i made my mistakes got nowhere to run he was so appalled when she bowed down following everyone else's suit leaving him the sole outcast the thing in which is holding back their faith she hella dissected not dissected well she did do that too but disrespected his whole life and stole his best asset while bowing and not even showing the smugness on her face That was the highlight of the episode. Salvar and Hugo are caught back on Terminus. He slays the ship to Salvar when Fair orders her killed. She then pleads for his life as she can't pilot a ship. Fair stay punching people in the face as that is her signature move. Am I supposed to care that Lewis has a family? They take their hostages and Salvar learns to fly. I'm not sure what was going on with the crowns, but away they go. And that's pretty much how the episode ended. <laughs> there was a moment of sadness as Mari was able to break the line and Fire was like, yeah, I'm not heartless enough to not let you have a family reunion, but I'm heartless enough to order you murdered five seconds ago. And that's when she's like, where's your father? And now Salver feels a whole bunch of guilt because she believes that it might have been her fault, even though it wasn't. And poor Mari, she just lost her husband and now her baby is gone with the enemy. I'm really glad that they started giving us some answers this week. <laughs> some of the mysteries were kind of dragging on just a touch, just a touch. I'm on pins and needles about what could happen on Trantor. She mentioned spacesuits, so we're going to be getting some space action. And I really am curious to see how Day reacts. I made a joke about the Roman Empire, Constantine, who changed to the religion. Maybe that will be Dawn. I don't know. I feel like someone's going to convert. (laughs) And that's my only lingering thought. 
If you have thoughts in that to blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast, my social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. <laughs>